Welcome to Woke World with Rogan Josh and Hanekdote. Reconstructing your typical brother-sister conversation. Okay, so episode four of the Woke World podcast and we are here. It's April 2018 and we are talking about food and eating habits I originally said food. Hannah was like, let's add eating habits to that because I feel like Hannah's got a lot to say about that. So for the rest of the podcast, we'll be talking about eating habits, meat consumption, KFC running out of chicken, veganism, food trends, so on and so forth. But today I will be introducing our first guest. Hello. Which is <laughs> which is mad. <laughs> Just have a guest on, on the show. Like That's I exciting. love it. Um, so we're the first guest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. We're officially the first guest on the and podcast. Do you know yes. what? Before before we even kick off, I think me and Hannah had you as the first guest penned in yeah. before we even yeah. started this. Wow. It was just like, no. that's, 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 that's going to happen. Now no, I feel very, very honoured. Oh, no, don't. It's, 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 <laughs> so it's, it's, it's Munch Club TV, Nash Hello. from Munch Club TV. Ouchie, come on. Do you want to introduce yourself a Yeah, bit? go on. Um, so yeah, I'm Nash from Munch Club TV and I... Um, I, 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 I do a food... <laughs> So I get I get easily distracted, uh, and I yeah I run a, I've got a food YouTube channel where like I interview super cool people like Hannah who's come on the show and other uh, personalities musicians and we cook and we talk about them and yeah it's all very pleasant. I also just spam everyone's timeline with food. That's that's what I it's do. It's always delicious looking. Like I really don't like food, and yeah. I like the look of all the food that you post, even Thank though you. a lot of it is vegetables. So yeah. I mean, you you lent me a vegetable cook. Oh, I should have brought it today. Oh, no, it's fine. Like <laughs> you did you... lend me a vegetable yeah. cookbook, and I looked at it and I thought I will try this, but I never got around to it. But one day, I reckon, like in my heart, I'm like one day. Even if it's in like twenty years, we'll just pick up like, yeah, today is the day, and it will be justified. I'm, sh- I'm I- hoping it won't be twenty years, but no. <laughs> <laughs> probably will be. Do you think? No, you <laughs> hopefully not. I think it's very. Now, this is a word that I've learned recently. Apapo. A popo. Apapo. What apapo? What, what does, does that, that mean? What do you mean? I don't actually know what it means, but it's oh. very apapo that we have what a food YouTuber. Oh yes. When we're in the Nando studio. Oh, yeah, good. This is very podcast. pleasant, snazzy, by the way. Snazzy shoes. This I is, know. This is a, a lot nicer setting that I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel lucky to be in here, yeah. especially because old Hannah sorted it out. Yeah, it was really, really nice of Nando's to let us record here, really. We've also got they... Joss here. Yeah. We're going to shout him out. Man's got Thanks the flyers trainers. Yes. <laughs> oh. So, um... <laughs> Hannah introduced a segment to the show last episode, which was basically just like a how are you feeling kind of thing, which is just how how you've been for the last month, really. So we'll start off with that. How have you been? How are you feeling? Uh, <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. I've actually, it's been ups and downs. So this is like a very nice thing to do. Mm. Um, it's been um, really just broken up with, with oh. the missus. Sorry to bring everything oh, on a down. No, no, no. no take the vodka out of my drink. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> just banter. Me and Hannah are depressing people, so yeah, this man. is right off our alley. Yeah, yeah. for you. Thank so you. And it's I'm nice to talk. I'm glad we can be some, you yeah, know, relief from that. For sure. No, I think it's actually, you know, it's quite good to be out of the house mm. doing stuff because you can get very, like, bogged down in, in you know, whatever, whatever you're going through, whether it's, you know, what I'm going through, what everyone else is going through. So, yeah. Uh, so this is like really pleasant. Even like just kind of walking around London, yeah. wearing my 
anecdote London t-shirt <laughs> you know it's yeah it's, it's all very pleasant so yeah thanks for having me on but I'm I'm actually good I'm, I'm glad to I'm hear good. it that's, yeah no that's good especially after a relationship breakup like yeah. it's a good position to be in and I'm glad that we can give you that oh. respite from everyday life from the demons yeah. you did also <laughs> mention that you're, do, you're doing some writing today yeah I am so I if, I suppose you know I've always tried to I've always wanted to be like quite creative and obviously the food is the main outlet but um, you know I used to do stand-up comedy um, and I, I used you know I always used to write stuff and I think I've kind of got that bug back and I'm just kind of writing a kind of like a comedy comedy pilot um I don't want to say too much before it's out, but yeah, yeah it's, it's it's essentially just it's going to be like a, a fake documentary. Um, I don't know if you watch it, like Real Husbands of Hollywood with mm. Kevin Hart. So it's mm. going to be like that, but about me and like some of the guests that I've had on Munch Club and trying mm. to tell those stories in like a a funny way and like things that have happened behind the scenes, which. I wouldn't tell, but if I did yeah. it in like a comedy way, that'd be quite funny. Because yeah, there's been some characters on the show, <laughs> and uh, I'd, yeah, I think it'd be really good to to kind of tell. So that's that's the plan. Just got to get it out onto the paper now. So that's, it's good that you started though. Like it's exciting to have something creative to focus on that's oh. separate from food, which obviously you love. But yeah, it's nice to have other outlets and explore for sure. And I think it must have been the same because I know you guys were thinking about doing this for a while, and mm. you kind of talked about it. And I saw the YouTube as well. So yeah, it's it's nice to have an idea and 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 just get it yeah. started. Definitely, and then, and then definitely. you know watching it grow. I think that's you know I think the first. The first year and a half of Munch Club were the funnest. Was the funnest year? Oh, it's only been two years, so six months. Yeah. But <laughs> that year and a half, where you know it, it kind of grew, and I could, you know, every video I could kind of see it grow and grow and grow. I think that that that's an amazing feeling, you know, from from an idea in your head. So, so yeah. And do you think having Munch Club um, as a kind of videographer standpoint? will help you to do do that comedy. Are you going to try and shoot it yourself? Yeah. Are you going to get people to shoot it for you? I think this is the thing. I think what I've realised now, and, you know, you may kind of agree, is that, like, you know, before I used to think, oh, I wouldn't be able to do that because I need to get this person on board and I need to get this person on board. And it's like, you know what? Actually, I've taught myself how to edit. I've taught myself how to, um, how to, do, how to do shots. Even the other day, my friend asked me to be in, like, a short movie of his, which mm. was really cool. That was, like, funded. And so that had, like, a director oh, of photography. Yeah. And they were on, like, a set. And, and I learned even so much just from that. And it's like, well, you know, the only person I can rely on is me. You know, I don't have money to just, like, chuck a, yeah. you know, a director and, and all of that. So, yeah, why don't I just do it myself? And, you know, I'm not if it if it blows, it blows. If it doesn't you know, then it doesn't. But yeah, at least you tried. I've tried and I'll take it into the next thing that I do. And I think once you're like that kind of self-sufficient area, it's crazy, you know. People come up to me and say, you know, could you edit my videos? I'm like, oh, I'm just about edit my own. Like, But, you know, that... It's, it's a good compliment though. Yeah, it's a good compliment and it's good to... It's a skill at the end of the day. So I think, you know, um, it's good to have that skill. I think yeah. DIY culture is like really starting to become respected a lot yeah. more. Which is good because, you know, doing it yourself is is all you can do most of the time. You don't have the money to, you know, splash on on equipment and you've got your phone. Yeah. Just doing it yourself and putting whatever content you can out there. For sure. And I think I'm lucky because I've got a lot of the equipment that I use for Munch Club I could use for 
for for anything else yeah, so I've got, exactly i've got lights i've got a dslr i've got microphones you know i've got i've got you know a laptop for for doing that all on you know i uh i saw when manga came around and he said that he you know he i was like oh man your videos look so good you know how do you have a concept for these videos like oh, i'll just do them all myself now now i actually have, you know sometimes i have to borrow a camera so you know i can only do i can only do something in one day so it mm. has to be you know and it, here's me thinking, wow, they've got this concept where he's just in a barber shop and it's just <laughs> it's like a one take video and he's got and he's like, no. You know, and I saw his laptop and his laptop's not like some massive, you know, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but it's not like a massive high tech like iMac or, or whatever. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's you know, it's an old MacBook. And but it's it, you know, the quality of music and the quality of visuals that he gets out of that makes me respect what he's produced in the last two, three years even more. I love manga so much. Like I've always actually got time for manga yeah. because his heart is just so pure, very pure, and his talent yeah. is undeniable. Even before we were talking about yeah. very underrated, ta- yeah, it's, in the scene, I think. But you know what? Like he's found, his, however long it's taken, he's found his like group yeah. that really back him mm. and will support whatever music he puts out. And I think that you know that's really important as well and i think yeah. he obviously appreciates that but it must be shit to feel unappreciated For in sure. yeah. compared to some other artists that may have success yeah. overnight and not half as much talent i, I think so yeah so like, i think like artistry though with that comes like just putting out what you want to put out yeah. and not doing it because it's all popping off yeah but putting out mm. what you want and having integrity with what you put out and yeah. and because like, his, his work is so personal does reach people on a way more intimate level yeah. than a lot of other um, musicians. So even the you know it's very shallow connections that other musicians may be making. Whereas he is genuinely like bearing his soul with his yeah. audience. Especially when like his last two events at birthdays, I just went to his last one. It was like my first time going out since being like broken up as well. So mm. I was like, you know, I didn't know how it was gonna go, but he has just such a family yeah vibe. Like yeah, he's amazing. It's mm. amazing, and I think I think that's like a a great. Um, kind of symbol or metaphor for, for for any kind of creative thing. You know, I, sometimes I get bogged down looking at. You know, I have less than a thousand subscribers on YouTube. You know, I've got you know, um, and I've got. I'm very thankful for for each one of those, and I'm very thankful for my Twitter fan base. But you know, um, sometimes I can get bogged down looking mm. at people's subscriber counts yeah. and looking at people's views. And you know, I, you know, I look at other food bloggers on Twitter, and I'm like, wow, they get like hundreds of retweets. And you know, is that as nice as my food? You know, and it's definitely different. Um, yeah. But you know, I think I'm I'm so happy that you know. There's not many food bloggers within our, you know, that community who get invited onto podcasts like mm-hmm. I do. That you know, I've had like some of their favourite artists in their house, like I have. You know, I've, I've, I'm really lucky, and I think it's realizing how lucky you are to be creating what you're creating and to have what you have. And I think once you're grateful for that, I think like Manga, I think he's grown from that as well. And and I think that's that's really important. That was a really good point to make about just kind of. Having your own thing and mm. pushing it. If I was to be a dick, could I could I get <laughs> you to say who your favourite, uh, you know, guest on Munch Club? <laughs> you got to say me. I always say, I always say there's like there's like a few. I always say Hannah was a great guest because of how how she kind of was quite you're quite shy. Um, to begin with but as we kind of carried on and we kind of realised we've got all this stuff that we really like and come and she was talking about her art and I thought I was just it kind of, she kind of blossomed and yeah. it, was, it was like really cool to see that um, and uh, sorry <laughs> and uh, and, uh, um, and then I would say 
Um, I say Hannah. I've got to say Olivia Louise because I hit her up randomly, and it's before I had any other guests, and I was like. We've been following each other, and I was like, Olivia, I've got this idea where you know I cook for people, and it's kind of like Saturday kitchen. And look, I really like what you do. Do you mind coming on? And she's like, Yeah. And she's oh, like, next she's... time, I'm in, next time I'm in London, I'll come. She lives in Chester, mm. and she was like, I'll make some time for you next time I come. And you know, we spent the afternoon filming that video, uh, and she's like a friend now. And you know, it was easier to get Olivia Louise on the show with absolutely no followers than it's been trying to get other people on the mm. show even though I've got a large profile and they live within like two, two miles of my house mm-hmm. so you know I've got to say yeah Hannah Louise uh, Hannah Olivia Louise um uh, yeah Manga probably probably like but everyone's been you've like, had some amazing guests Simran uh, yeah Cyan Anderson Kamikaze oh my god like, like yeah I've had so some, many and that was all in like the first year and I feel like you know I, this is what I mean about feeling grateful you know mm. I've, I've kind of taken a break um, recently mm. I haven't put anything out since January uh, I was quite fatigued and you know obviously personal stuff and um, kind of looking back on my video I think I did a thread of all the videos I'd done in the year and I was like whoa like if you said to me that I'd have all of these cool people on and you know uh, people whose music I literally listened to people whose whose art I'd seen people who you know Cyan Anson I'd literally listened to her DJ show her radio show all the time mm. I listened to her she used to have a little uh, a series for ID where she used to do like a half an hour mix with like one MC just back to back and I loved them and I was like wow it'd be great if I could have it on and I did so yeah I'm I'm really lucky, I'm lucky. yeah I mean Munch Club is, is an amazing concept Munch Club TV it's an amazing concept and a unique concept, and I love it. Thank you, really, Thank honestly. You. And I think I, I, I think it it deserves more credit than it gets. Thank you. I mean, so I, keep pushing. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. yeah I think love it. I think that's it, isn't it? I think um, like it, it's it's hard. I think when it's like because it is. I did have some help for a bit, um, but on the most part, it's, you know, it's just me. So. You know, again, learning how to edit. Mm. I'm not a meticulous person, mm. so that is a very meticulous task. Yeah. So that goes against everything that I'm really <laughs> like, and you know, and it's just the promotion. And and when you're on social media for, for that much, it, it it did kind of get to me a little bit. But I'm really grateful. I think I've got the hunger back for it now. Um, I've got, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm in, and I'm in the right place for it. Nando is great studio. Um, so so yeah, and uh, and yeah, I'm really 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 excited for the videos that we've got coming up. You know, I've got a supper club coming up. Where mm. I'm, I'm cooking for uh, I'm cooking for Simran Kalechi, um, uh, Slum Flower. Um, and there's a, there's a oh Grace um, oh. Grace Victory um, I'm gonna invite myself and, by the way. and yeah come through <laughs> no, um, but we've I mean, yeah we just kind of organised this like round table discussion um, and supper club thing and it's gonna be like a, a really cool video but that's gonna launch like a supper club that I'm gonna do and yeah that sounds good yeah there's that so many cool really so many cool things that are coming and I still want to kind of push the whole trying to have conversations that maybe we, we don't have sometimes um, that's what we're um, trying to do as well yeah. so perfect yeah married <laughs> <laughs> so, the yeah. more platforms that are trying to really just be honest and truthful and like share human existence like I think the better yeah. really like 
that's such a lovely thing share human existence it's like a really it really uh, boils down to that sometimes because it's like a lot of the stuff that we feel ashamed about is really just human natural things and it's like literally everyone deals with it and it's frustrating when there's shame surrounding whatever yeah you know it is for whatever reason 100 percent, and i yeah i really agree with that and i love the concept and yeah thanks for Thanks for having me on. And I just get to talk. You know what I mean? Like interviewing, oh, I have yeah. to be like, mindful, like, I go, we have to ask this. We have to no. get it. Like, now nah, I could just talk all I want. We, want, we literally <laughs> want you to, like, I've been doing too much, you know, co hosting, and I want to, like, I feel like the balance is perfect with it's good when there's a guest. this conversation. Because, like, when I'm just on my own doing live videos, and I'm like, I'm conscious, I suppose it's different because I'm like cooking as well, but I'm yeah. very conscious of like feeling the silence. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know. But I think when there's like something, someone to bounce off, and obviously like we all get along really well, so I think there's that natural kind of pow, 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 conversation. Makes it yeah, it makes it a lot easier. So yeah, I mean, even the conversation before we started, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, was podcast worthy <laughs> for sure. So I always find that though, the the best conversations I have for Munch Club, and I keep saying I'm going to do this, are when we're eating the food yeah. that yeah. we've made, and it's off camera. We had a great conversation off camera, me and Anna, and you know. Those conversations, uh, me, Cyan, and uh, Mick, the guy uh, who um, who used to help me film, who you know used to manage me, we spoke about kids for an hour and a half wow. um, because you know Mick Mick was uh, expecting at the time. Cyan obviously got a beautiful boy, uh, and yeah, we spoke about kids for an hour, but it was an amazing conversation. And uh, yeah, those those off off camera, off yeah. mic conversations, are often the best ones. They're all ours, hat. Huh? That's it. Like, do you, you want to capture those? But do you respect it for what it is and yeah. and leave it? Um, I, I think respect it. <laughs> Thank you. I think respect it. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I I totally agree. Like some things are just left best where they are, off camera, off mic, whatever. Let's talk about food. Yes, I guess. let's talk about food. Let's do it. Um, eating habits. Yes, is the first thing that ha- well, Hannah mentioned it because i feel like hannah's got weird eating habits yeah and i feel like she wants to share them potentially (laughs) there's too many to list it's just like it's just i don't know i find food so stressful yeah Yeah. like even when we were like i just like even the thought of someone cooking like (laughs) even though we did it together like i was just like what what will i eat but that's why your show is so good because you're literally like what's your favorite meal and we're gonna cook it now yeah yeah yeah. do you think it boils down to I've always been a picky eater and it really annoys me because my best friend, both her parents don't eat well and, like, my parents eat really well. Mm. And I feel like, you know, I've and you eat, you don't have any problems with eating. So it's just annoying and it's, like, something that we do, obviously, three times a day, you're meant to. And it's just, I genuinely feel like it's such a chore. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I've just always been picky, but then when I was 14, I think depression and mental illness really made my appetite worse. So over the years, I've seen a nutritionist and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's definitely improved, and I definitely eat a lot more than I used to, but I just feel like, yeah, there's so much stress surrounding eating because... Mm. Is you, it like the preparation of food, or is it? Is it just... Because it's quite interesting, because uh, I, I don't think I've actually... I've not had that many conversations with people right. um, who've described it like like that although i have seen it and i've heard yeah. of it it's, it's it's really refreshing to hear it kind of face to face so is it is it it's just it's like the the thought of eating or is it just 
what's in the food or it can really vary like from time to time which is frustrating because sometimes it's like health related because I've just got ongoing health problems that you know does make me nauseous or does make me feel like a bit like iffy and not really want like have an appetite um but it's also just like I'm not I don't know I'm not that inspired by cooking and I'm also kind of lazy so that combination I cleaning think, up as well. Do you think that? I mean, everything. Yeah, really. Yeah, is I'm just lazy, but I need to get out of that habit and grow up. So, you know, it's, do you think like traditional eating patterns impact your life? Like, I guess breakfast, lunch, dinner, sort of thing. Well, today I'm on track to eat three meals today, okay. but like, I mean, usually it's two meals. But before I started seeing a nutritionist, it was probably like one meal, really. Mm. So it does vary. And until recently, I only ever had two meals a day. Mm. Uh, I was really bad for skipping breakfast. Like my whole, pretty much my whole life, always skip breakfast until, like, yeah, just I just start with lunch. To point now where, on my Instagram, I have a lot of brunch stuff because I'm I've been like learning how to make and the part of like falling in love with breakfast again has been learning to cook brunch stuff. But I like I because I don't like so as a kid I didn't like milk. Um, so I didn't like cereal mm. and then I didn't really like anything else to, and that's pretty much all you were kind of offered like all yeah. I was offered as a kid was like cereal or porridge and like yes. I hated both of them yeah. Yeah. although now I love porridge so it's just like <laughs> come full circle but it's one of those things where yeah I just really just didn't want anything to do with breakfast for, for and, and literally until I'd say February Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, like, I never ate breakfast. Never, never, never. And I'd be hungry. Yeah. I'd be hungry, and I'd, sometimes I'd have toast. Like, I, I like toast, but I don't really like jam. I don't really like... Yeah. So I'd have toast and butter, and that would be... That's, that's like, and tea. I, love I mean, it's tea. better than nothing, but also, it's like, breakfast is so important. Like, yeah. that's one thing from seeing a nutritionist. Like, she's basically said, like, you know, you need to have, like, a good fibre bre- like cereal in your breakfast. Why, though? Did they say, like... Yeah, so, yeah, she just... Because it's, a, it's what, what, why to have fibre No, because I just think, like, you know, I feel like it's very traditional to have breakfast, what? lunch, dinner, like, do I mean, you if you're not that, eating your meals... Like, pro- like, I mean, I she, she said, like, small and regular. Like, she yeah. never really pushed, like, oh, you need to have breakfast, lunch and dinner. But yeah. equally, she... I think with me, like, I just get in... I'll do the same thing every day, mm. which is good and bad. Like, every day for the past, like, two years, I've had Weetabix chocolate chip minis. Okay. Which is, I don't know, I don't mind it. <laughs> and it's nice. like, it's got chocolate in it, but it's also good for you. That's so that's nice. my compromise. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but I'll just go through like ham and cheese bagel for like months and months and months every day. That's my lunch. Mm. And it's like, I do, I think I, I eat like a child sometimes, really. I think that's like... That's okay, though. Yeah, and and I think that's... Mm. There's a book... I was going to say, there's a book I'm going to get you, but I don't know if you're leaving. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um... Uh, a woman called Ruby Tando who oh, yeah. um, recently released a book called Eat What You Love and a, a lot of it is, is kind of um, about self, kind of self-love but within the realm of food and not hating yourself for eating certain foods and not hating yourself for not eating certain foods and, and the kind of stress around that and it's, it's, it's a great kind of motto to kind of say, you know, eat what makes you happy and, you know, the, you know, Josh, you're kind of right in, in a sense in terms of, you know, why why do we have yeah. to eat at, at these certain times I, I would say breakfast is important if you want to have like a, a good energy yeah. for, in the day so if you want to you know um 
you know, if you want to be less groggy, I suppose, if you want to be able to concentrate, you know, not being hungry would, yeah. would help that. Mm. And, but I think, you know, what you eat at breakfast is also important as well. You know, you, if you have a, a really sugary cereal, you may have a sugar lapse later yeah. on, you know, later on. So, but at the end of the day, I think it's just about managing yourself and yeah. managing yeah. your body and knowing what, knowing what you like and, and being comfortable in that. And I think a lot of the when I've spoken to people, uh, sometimes it's like the, not not the stress of it, but like the kind of the knowledge that, oh, is what I'm doing really acceptable? And this yeah. is my, my, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, mm. and this kind of links into the next thing we're going to talk about, which is meat consumption. Mm. But, um, you know, she's in this like toss-up of whether to go back to eating meat just because she feels like the urge is so strong. Yeah. And, it, and but but she doesn't want to break from vegetarianism because of what she thinks or what other people think. Yeah. And it's almost like, well, do what you think is best for you because there is no blanket diet for everyone, no. which is what is probably pushed. Just do what you feel is good for you. Yeah. I think especially relating to like meat consumption, though, like obviously a lot of the time it is moral reasons why they don't want to consume meat. But equally, it's like if you know you're 99% of the time not contributing to these things and then yeah. one time on an off chance you want to yeah like yeah. whatever like i don't think there should be so much like stress and pressure around it and like judgment because i'm just i'm like too easygoing and laid back probably i'm on that end but it's like i don't know i mean i my ex um was uh pretty strict vegan when i met her um and but she we went to, we went away to Genoa it was like a gorgeous holiday uh, in Italy and the seafood galore uh, that sounds and, delicious and yeah it's great I mean you can get like a cone like a chip chip you know when you get chips and you get a cone of like uh, made of paper full of like calamari prawns Oh, and all boy. of that and it's like eight euros <laughs> oh wow it's literally just like just have some like seafood fries please just like <laughs> oh my bang it in and just like munching it and it's it's honestly it's probably the best thing I ate last year but then yeah we had loads of seafood and you know even recently you know we've broken up but she's still she's still in the house because uh, whatever but we uh, the other day I cooked her some um some fish uh, and yeah, she'll still eat it. And I think she's kind of reconciled within herself that, yeah, you know, I do want to have a plant based diet, but I, I like seafood and mm. I like eating like that. And she's had like such a, a great shift of, you know, her relationship with food. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe I did have some pie in that and just kind of, you know, it, it's not about sticking to these labels. Yeah. You know, of course there are values and there's mm. reasons for it, but it's about being happy within yourself and, and food is such a massive part of that really yeah. important. Um, really important and you know uh, I suppose there's another reason why I kind of started the, you know the channel is just to show that food can be fun yeah. and you know it's it's not it's not it doesn't have to be difficult it's um, important to have those people around though because I mean you really encouraged me to cook and I had so much fun cooking mm. with you and all my friends are either vegetarian or vegan and they're always encouraging me to eat new things and try new things and it's like it is such a big deal to eat for some people or to enjoy food for some people without shame or yeah. personal struggles yeah. or outward struggles and it's like you know to have people around you that inspire you with food it's really good it's really important in an ideal world there'll be like a judgment free Oh, kind yeah. of life That's... where you can yeah. but but with the rise of 
I guess, veganism. But I think I think what's happened is, I think it's great that you know, even me myself, I've pretty much cut down my meat consumption. Like I, I started off two years ago saying I won't eat meat Monday to Friday. And it was quite hard at first. I was like, but it's made me a better cook. I hardly eat meat now. That's mm. great. I mean, and it's mostly for me. It's 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 like the price of meat was too mm. much, but also you know you know it's healthier for me. I feel better, whatever. And it's great that we've got all this information about veganism and about you know the quality of meat that we're eating yeah. and 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 you know the effect of of, of, a, of a largely meat diet and the benefits of a, you know, a veg diet. However, you know. People should not, and I think I think even a lot of vegans are realizing, you know, trying to shame people into veganism is is not going to work. You yeah. know, I think it's about understanding that people, you know, do eat meat, but you know, give them the benefits of of of, of a, a plant based diet. You know, give them the benefits of why it's good, and let them find out for themselves, and let them cut down. If everyone cut down their meat consumption, there'd be so much less pollution in the world. Yeah. There would be, be so much less animal cruelty. You know, you know, it's quite. There's so many knock on effects. Yeah, exactly. To these things, and amazing. If only people were were more aware. But also, but we've been taught a lot of shit about food industries, yeah, and you know, yeah. to the point where you don't know what you know, to believe when, most of the time. As well, well, exactly. But you know, you don't have dairy for whatever reason, and Grandma was like, she couldn't comprehend that you yeah, like. Yeah. Where are you going to get calcium yeah, from, or whatever? Like, it was like, <laughs> like she was stressing out. To get any calcium and it's like everything else. we've been taught about a lot of food and the nutritional value isn't always. Yeah. really correct and also this is the thing like supportive vegan or vegetarian friends like for me like as i just said like eating is so stressful to me like if i genuinely decided to be like be vegan or go towards a vegan diet i don't i don't think i would eat on, yeah. on an average day so yeah. at this point but because you've got educational compassionate friends around you i i do know the social and the environmental impacts of you know the meat industry or other issues that I wouldn't have... I mean, the sexual politics of meat is something that I never knew about. Yeah. But, you know, how meat is sold in a way that is kind of like how, you know, women are objectified and it's very much sexualized. And, oh. I mean, yeah, I don't know too much about it. But, you know, your my yeah. mind's, like, been open to a lot, you know, yeah, how deep this is. And I've not, I've not... I've got a book I showed Zoe not long ago that because Fred yeah. got me the book because, um, yeah, she's just super supportive about that stuff and wants to educate, you know... Yeah. So she gave me the book, but yeah. Um, did you watch that show Eden with us? I didn't. I watched half of it, and then you said don't watch but the rest told of you it about because it. it was quite. I mean, it disturbing. was kind. I don't know. Did you hear about the show called Eden? No. They were basically kind of. It's kind of like one of those stranded where they've got to fend for themselves. Yeah. But they were actually given the resources to okay. to just live, um, you know, make houses for themselves. They were yeah. they were given all these things, even like. And meat and and like lambs and okay. and pigs to rear and whatnot, and what happened? And because it was a time limited thing, it was like they had to do it for a year. Um, what happened was is that the men kind of like split off from the group um, the towards males. the end. Yeah, the alpha males because they were just causing too much friction. And there, when when it came, started coming to the end, they were like, "We've got all this meat. Like, why not just eat it all?" Wow. And they ended up just literally butchering and eating all this meat and they were like we can have meat for breakfast lunch and dinner and they did it and it was it was 
it was like mind blowing what what yeah. I saw on TV, and I was t- like I animalistic. started to think like maybe this is like fixed. I hope it wasn't because it was a good portrayal of like yeah. how meat is just over overly. It's it's uh, it must be like a power uh, thing as well yeah. though from them because it you know probably the hunt I don't know like the hunter gatherer yeah. type yeah, yeah, thing yeah. like yeah. especially but they didn't hunt it. Yeah, I know, but it would have made them feel big to yeah. have power. And it's also sure. almost as if, you know, and I, and I definitely think there's this thing, there's this power thing with meat being, you know, like a um, a, a kind of kingly, higher yeah. level of food. Oh, look how much meat, like, look yeah. at the Sunday roast, look at Christmas dinner, like, Excessive. look how much meat I can get, yeah. you know. And it's like, you know, I think a lot of people equate you know, vegan meals or veggie meals with, like, less nourishment. Oh, that's, yeah. not, that's not a meal. Where's the meat? Mm. And what's transformed my mind and why all my food has veg in it is because I, I literally do not need meat to have a sick meal. Yeah. Like I can I can give you a plate of food that's prettier than other plates of food. I can give you a plate of food which is better for you, which tastes as lovely and it doesn't have to have meat in it. That's not saying I will not eat meat. Yeah. I had a steak the other day first steak in a long time that I bought I did it had it it's weird but like (laughs) was it actually strange it's it's, yeah I'm not gonna lie like when I we had we had a barbecue this weekend and I I had like chicken and mostly seafood um which was the first time I cooked loads of seafood in a barbecue but I had quite a lot of chicken and just handling chicken I find it really weird now I try I try where possible now the only times I really get chicken now are roast dinner, if a guest comes around, and barbecue. Yeah. Those are like the only three meat in general. That's the only three times when mm. I will handle meat now. It's good um, that you're aware of it though, because I think some people can really detach from actually what they're they're cooking. Like there has been so many times where I'm kind of just like cooking away. Like I'll make a chicken, yeah. um, chicken dish, whatever, and I'm just yeah. cutting this meat. And I'm not even thinking that this is yeah. what, so it, true. what it is. It's actually so true. Like living as a, like being a meat eater, and then also like if I send my friends videos, like mm. cooking shows or something, I'm very aware. Like oh, they're they're preparing raw meat there, or yeah. I'm just aware that it's it's flesh. Like that's actually some animal's yeah, flesh and yeah, body part. It's and it's you, but you don't think of it like that when you just all. kind of. I would definitely recommend Simon Amstel did a did a program. Uh, was really good. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, it's got Jamie in it. So it does a little cameo, but it's, it's basically like it's like a documentary, like a hundred years in the future, and like everyone's a vegan, mm. and they're like teaching kids about what people used to do, and they're like, what? What do you mean they used to? What? And it's like it's so funny. Um, and I, but even then, the way they talked about it, and they talked about how, you know. Um, they talk about the things that we kind of say to make things sound better here. You know, the way that we kind of, I don't know, the way that fish was, um, fish or, or meat was advertised, the way it's mm. packaged, the way we just distance ourselves from the fact yeah. that it's an animal. Um, yeah, it's all, I think we're going to a larger consciousness. Look, where we are now, compared to where we are now to where we were 10 years ago, mm. where we were 20 years ago, um, you know, it's come on leaps and bounds. Um, and I think it, it's going to continue to do so. I think, I think like 33%. Um, of people uh, um, have cut down like their meat consumption wow. um, you know, in, in England like but a do, third has that impacted I don't know if I'm I'm probably not asking the right people but has yeah. that impacted the amount of meat they're still producing 
I, I don't, yeah, this is what I'd like to, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. But like meat, meat prices are still extortionate. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're still, they're still being packaged in the same way. And there's always going to be a market. I don't, I don't think it's been sustained enough at the moment for yeah. them to cut down. Maybe they're thinking this is a phase. They don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's going to continue. I hope it does. Hope the, it the good thing is there's more options on this end as far as education and people have more vegetarian options. Like before, yeah. you'd only have one thing that you could eat. Yeah. And now there are either specific restaurants oh my God. or, you know, specific add-on menus and it's more yeah. accessible in, in a lot of ways. It's amazing. I mean, even I went to... A, I went to... A, uh, I always talk about this place, Club Mexicana, who do banging mexican food but it's all uh replacement it's not replacement all yeah um what do you call it where it's like um say you know they had like a tofu fish taco mm. and it, if, if you if you had given that to me and told me it was fish i'd have been like wow some banging fish yeah what it's true. fish is that like you wouldn't know you it's tell. so nice you know and oh, I but think it wasn't fish literally tofu it was like it was called tofish <laughs> uh, and but uh they and it, it was absolute and i've been twice now and i've been to their they've got places in dinorama and they've got stands in camden and, and they've got a restaurant it's it's banging but there's places like that which are opening up you know you've got veggie restaurants it's it is i think we're in london so yeah. we feel like mm. now, if you go out to brighton there's loads of places yeah. i think it's i think when you start seeing it in smaller towns mm-hmm. and 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 you know that's when you'll realize wow like yeah. it's not just like a a fad or yeah. you know something that people with more expendable income are gonna, yeah. gonna spend their money on because it is a lot of it is very classist yeah well, so i can't get the image of a, a big toe swimming around in the water <laughs> for some reason out of my mind <laughs> and that's that yeah. <laughs> um what we're saying veganism yeah. as a trend mm. do you think do you think it's a trend or do you think uh, people are are genuine because I, a lot of people to me have been saying oh it's only a trend they're you know they're doing mm. it because everybody else is doing it or you know not not really because they they want to do it i think it's just made it so that there's a you know environment that you have a choice really because yeah. even if even if half of the people aren't vegan forever mm. you know a good amount of people you know, have options, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They have an alternative. I think that's what's important, is shaking up food in a way that we're now learning about all these lies that we've yeah. been taught and yeah. thinking of different ways that we can... And different alternatives. I mean, yeah, like, my mind's blown going to, like, vegan fairs with my friends because there is so much choice. There's so much... I mean, a lot of food worldwide is vegetarian, vegetarian or anyway. anyway yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's not... Yeah. It's banging. No, I, I think... I mean, I, there's this word going around and, uh, you know, like a flexitarian mm. where, you know, which is, you know, people who are flexible in their diet and mm. they're eating less meat, but they're not quite vegan. And, you know, I think that's probably where I'd sit myself. I don't think I'll ever be a vegan mm. purely because I I love seafood. <laughs> I love seafood. Seafood is just, I'm, and I'm sorry, uh, but I love seafood. But, you know, and uh, sounds really bad, but, you know, I do enjoy, part of me still kind of enjoys the skill of it, and it sounds really bad, okay. but the skill of preparing me, the skill of, of using 
you know, using carcasses for stock and it sounds so bad. <laughs> you're yeah, saying, yeah. I'll boil these bones down. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's, it's yeah. traditional sometimes, yeah, but isn't this is it? The thing, so like, it's not like... Know, we're used to like having livers and hearts and stuff. Like when yeah. you're using every part of... This is the thing, like there are eth- there are like more ethical ways of consuming meat. Yeah. It's yeah. just the, the worldwide meat using industry the is... the whole thing rather yeah. than yeah, off exactly. cuts and just, yeah. you know, throw it in the bin, wastage. Yeah. Like. Exactly. And I think that's it. And you know, when I went to Zimbabwe... You know, at our, at our house in Zimbabwe, we've got livestock, we've got chickens, which I would I used to go over in summer, I used to look after those chickens, I used, to, I used to go out and I used to herd cattle. You know, there's a real relationship between the people um, and the meat that they consume and, you know, there's a real care for it. Um, I, you know, that's, that's different to... And I think what the issue is, is, you know, the the, the farming of cattle is literally killing the world mm. like it's it's killing the world so uh you know i think that needs to cut down but as a trend i think it's i think we're only going to see more people realize the benefits of eating less meat mm. um uh, i don't think it's the fact i think things like which are fads which are trends like avocados like you know i think we're going to hopefully see a decline in how, <laughs> how much avocado is knocking about avo toast yeah. Wait, do you know what I mean? Like, oh god! It feels like avocados have been trendy for like a good couple of years so now, or something. Like, now. it's just progressively they've been trying to like they're just trying to get anything out yeah. of it now. Like, just like, what can you do with an avocado? Right, like, let's do that. Like, I don't, I look, they're great, but I thought know. I would like avocado because it's quite plain, but I don't like it because it's quite creamy. Texture, it's more the texture. Yeah, so I don't like it. It's one of those things. I'm like, I just feel like people love it that because it is a trend. Oh, man. Like, yeah. I feel like it's one of, like one of those things that is. It's been put in front of us as like this is health food. Yeah. This yeah. is good for you. Be healthy. Have an avocado, and it and you know and they're expensive and they're they could go off quickly. They go off so quickly, yeah. and you can't even if you go after ten o'clock in the morning, they're all gone. Yeah, like it's wow. it's impossible to get a good avo. Um, so. <laughs> but this is what I mean. Like eat what you love. Like don't eat or or have a, a diet. Yeah, but I just don't... because other people are doing it. But all, you flexitarian can say is something new that I've learned today. I like that term, yeah. flexitarian. Like, I like more, more people that, should think also, like that. Like, I probably would just eat mac and cheese. <laughs> like, for most, like cocoa pots for breakfast, mac and cheese for lunch, and then yeah. But I mean, mac and cheese out of a packet is different than cooking your own mac and cheese. There's not, there's nothing like wrong with cooking your own mac and cheese. It's not like mm. unhealthy. Oh man, I, I. Uh... I love mac and cheese, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, as, and again, it's going, it's going back to that thing of eating what you like because you like it. Also, being aware of okay, if I eat this, you know what is in this, and, yeah. and, and knowing what's in your food, and and if you're comfortable with that, then fine. You know, mm. if you're not, then kind of look up what else you could have that that might make you a bit more comfortable. And and I think that's you know, I I had pasta for breakfast the other day. Don't You're care. not gonna let anyone tell like, you. Like, you know, you don't need to. You don't need to live by these these yeah. rules yeah. of like, you know. D- yeah, yeah. Dad always says to me, or, or to you, don't mainly, if you're having cereal at night. At night oh, but, oh no! Get off my breakfast. case, Dad! <laughs> please, that's for breakfast. don't be doing that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's I mean, just like, why not? What? Who's yeah, exactly? You want? Like, who's told you that that is the the law, the Queen's law? I think for me, it's more like I know I should just be eating more vegetables and fruit and things that have nutritional value. I think it's more that like. But then in my head, I'm like, well, eating something is better than not eating at all. But then... It's a great it's just, journey. Yeah, I man. think you'll get there. I think, I think having that knowledge that you need to is a great place to be. Some yeah. people don't, don't get there. 
and you know they there's an ignorance to to to, to what they're eating and and it may be that they because like wow wow you know this food's making me sad and this mm. food's making me feel a certain way and this food's making me you know whatever but I don't know what to replace that with. And yeah. I think I think knowing, right, if I can get some fruit and I can get some veg on the go, uh, and then, you know, even if it's taking time to find out what fruit and veg you might like, you might have it randomly. I had a bit of cauliflower two years ago. It changed my life. Really? <laughs> Love it. used to hate cauliflower. Mm. Now, oh, my God, the other day I had cauliflower four ways. Wow. I had it pureed, deep fried, oven baked, and... Uh, pan fried in the same dish smorgasbord of cauliflower same dish yeah it was unreal um but if you thought it's only two years ago that i'd be having cauliflower for always and that's butters (laughs) (laughs) so you know i think food is a journey and it kind of grow you grow and as you grow your food tastes grow and and your habits change and yeah it's true i mean it's definitely improved like i think it got to a point where i was just embarrassed to like eat off the kids menu so it slammed from there but um, mm. yeah. Where do you think your love of cooking stemmed from? Um, a few things. So I, you know, I always tell this story. But when um, when I was a kid, my dad. Um, so I take it real way back. My dad, before he met my mum, he'd met a, a girl from China, and he was gonna gonna marry this girl, and he you know, proposed to her, and then you know, she went to her family, and they were like, no, oh, no. not marrying that guy. Oh, she then they split up and but he got from that the, you know she taught him all of these asian dishes and all these all this asian food which you know which is like my favorite food and apparently legend has it from from uh mama nash phones on vibrate unreal so so um so yeah, um, that's the free Nando's alarm for Nashi. I knew it. I'm just bring it over now. It's calm. Um, so so yeah. Um, so I um, my first meal was I was crying as a kid, and my they had some Chinese takeaway. They tried everything, trying to make me sad. You got some chicken chow mein, mushed it up, and put it in my mouth. And I stopped crying. And like today, it's crazy because that is like my comfort food oh. like if i'm sad like the last month i've just I've, so it's had it's an impact on you for yeah, the rest yeah, of your rest life, of my life really. i love it so i used to watch my dad cook sunday he'd cook these massive asian inspired meals we'd have like peking duck and we'd have like curries and we'd have wow. like noodles and he I used to watch him cook he used to make it look so fun and i, I think i was just watching him he'd always get me to we used to have this durex pot of paint which we never opened. This white Durex <laughs> pot of paint. Eighteen years I lived in that house. It never got used once. And I used to stand on it, and uh, and he used to be like, "Oh, come and stir this," and I'd stir it. And he'd, I'd think he's like, "Yeah, you're the chef now." I was like, "Oh my god!" And little do I know, he's just having little fag breaks. <laughs> um, but that he really, you know, despite everything that's kind of happened between me and my dad, and you know, we've kind of growing apart we've kind of come back again you know food really is that thing we and he, i think he'd never say you know when we when he had me what's the thing that's going to keep you and your son kind of close mm. and it's food he rang me today's monday he rang me yesterday uh just to tell me that there's a food program on cnn with with zoe from zoe's garden kitchen um and that was really cool. He, you know, he never took really an interest when I was playing football, when I was mm. like writing, and you know, for him taking interest. So I think, yeah, it's my dad and and my mum as well. My mum's a banging cook, and she, you know, she 
there was always food to eat. And I, I think one of the things, my uncles, mate, we've got a pretty extended family, and my uncles would always just kind of come round on a whim and they'd just say to my dad, I'll be around in like an hour. Mum would just cook loads of food for them. And it, our house was this place where people could come and they were welcome and they would always be fed. And I think that's what I try and kind of give with my house, not just obviously Munch Club, but just in general. You know, I, I think it's, and I think it's a place where people can come, eat well, feel relaxed, and 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 food is a way of kind of showing affection and 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 um, yeah, just being nice to people. So, yeah. so that's where it's come from. It also came from a need to budget at uni because <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I, yeah, I just couldn't go to takeaways all the time, so I had to cook, and then that became a way. I realised to get girls. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, and then yeah, and then from there, it just kind of, and then and then you realise as you get older. I was coming home and I was cooking, and it was stress relief. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of gone from this kind of playful thing to this like necessity to to this. You know, you realise that wow, you know, I don't want to go for a run. I don't want to go to the gym. I just want to cook, and you know, I'll, I'll put some music on. That's amazing. And 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 I'll and I'll cook, and I you know, I I can come home at six thirty, start cooking at seven, cook till like eight thirty, eat, and yeah, that's and I'm I'm literally no matter what's happened. I always say to people, sorry for like waffling on, but no, uh, no, I, I always I always say to people that. You know, the great thing about cooking, and why I'd implore anyone to just learn, even just learn how to cook your favorite dish, is that. You know, no matter how bad your day your day's been, no matter what you've gone through, you can come home, you can cook yourself your favourite dish, and that's like one small win that, yeah. that you've got. You know, you might have caught all these L's throughout the day, but then you can come home and you've got this this food that you've made, and it's ping and it's gorgeous yeah. and it makes you feel better. And um, that's that's like for me, you know, I, I think my my mental health would be in the can if I if I didn't drink. I'd <laughs> stop drinking. But <laughs> if I didn't cook, yeah, if I didn't cook, then um, yeah, my mental health would be all over the shop. It's yeah, it's it's, it's saved my life, hundred percent. I think there's a lot of pressure on on cooking as well, like mm. w- which takes away from the enjoyment. Mm. I'm sure you, you'd be able to say like if you took that pressure away and you were just cooking, yeah, in your own time. It's not like you're in a rush to cook, yeah. It makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, and I think that's the issue. I think there's this, like, vortex of... When you're cooking for yourself, it's not as fun as when you're cooking for other people, but when you're cooking for other people, it's really stressful. So, yeah. you know, when is it fun to cook? Where's mm. that in-between moment where I actually I do want to cook this food and I am going to enjoy the process of cooking it? Mm. And I think I'm very... Uh, I'm very lucky that I've been able to... I, I've always just found it fun. I found it intriguing and then I found it fun and then whatever. But I think it's it's just about... I think going back to what we've been talking about earlier, like, no one's judging you. I have cooked so much rubbish. Oh, lo- yesterday, I cooked... I cooked um, I cooked my ex some... She's like, she's like, probably some tofu scramble, um, which is like tofu made to be like eggs. She does it great. She does it bang. And I was like, oh, it's fucking easy. I'm a big boy chef here. And they were nowhere near it. They were not nice to me. And she still them. There's so many times I've cooked stuff where it's not been nice. Mm. And, you know, 
and and I really want to get across to everyone like this image that food bloggers give of every meal I cook is banging. This thing that I've just put up on Twitter, I just flung it together, and mm. it's, there is lighting behind that. There's food styling. That food is probably cold. I read somewhere that they pump stuff with water in magazines to make it wow. look a certain way. Really? Um, I I have messed up thousands of meals. I've I, honestly like I've messed up so many meals. Um, it's fine. Don't worry about what your food looks like. Just work on what it tastes like. Mm. If it looks rubbish but tastes great, you've done 90% of the job. Anytime food needs to look nice is when you're in a restaurant and someone's paying for your food. Unless someone's paying for your food, they'll have it how it looks. That's true. And I think getting away from, you know, and I think, and it's not in the same way, but, you know, these images that we're given about how we should look, about our bodies mm. and about all of that and how we need to attain that is not realistic. The same way that if you cook, it's not going to look like in the magazine because you've not got... Sometimes you've not even got the equipment to yeah, cut yeah. a potato to look like that. <laughs> so, you know, of course it's not going to look the same. You know, And I think just getting away from how it looks is such a big part of it and then just enjoying the the taste of it and just being like i did this yeah i made this and you know what it's 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 great and and i think if you can if you can get to that point where it's you know you're just doing it because you want to taste something cool i think it, it's it it will go a long way but you know i i totally get it because it's it's a skill, isn't it? Like you've I, got to nurture it. Yeah, you've got to practice. Definitely. You've got to yeah. practice. You do have to practice, but it's just knowing, like, okay, I've got some tomatoes. What goes well with tomatoes? I know, like, basil goes great with tomato. So you know, my the, one of the first things I learned how to cook was a pasta sauce because you know, I was like, oh, this, you know, let me cook a pasta sauce. So just get, a, you know, so get some tomatoes, so get some onions and garlic, and you just fry those for a bit, and then you put some salt and pepper in with some dried basil. Then you could just whack a tin of tomatoes in and just let it boil down for like half an hour and then put it on top of your pasta. And that's a banging sauce, as nice, nicer than anything you buy in a tin uh, or a jar. And then once you realise, like, oh, I could add some chicken to that. <laughs> well, I could add some. I could add. Oh, then once you get some cheese on that as well. I was, yeah, it's just like this journey of like building, starting from like small, and then just working your way out. And uh, yeah, and I, I, if you can do that, <laughs> honestly, it's 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 like the most uh, most wonderful thing. I guess it's it's creative. Yeah. So so, you know, the, like the pleasure you get from making your art. Mm. Uh, it's, it's similar to cooking. Yeah. Lloyd Grossman definitely will not endorse this this podcast. <laughs> no, after what you just said, because you just made. I mean, tomato mum and would pasta say the same though. So she's been like making the... her own pasta sauce recently. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think. Uh, I think once you realise, I think it's. I think it's easy. Obviously, you know, you can go to a shop and get Lloyd. I used to. Wait, they used to do Lloyd Grossman for like a quid or something like when I was at uni and I used to get it all the time <laughs> ask any of my housemates um, but I think once you what you could do is make make your own pasta sauce stick it in the fridge or freeze yeah. it and then when you and I always say this especially when you're on your own or you, you know batch make one portion big control thing. is hard when you yeah, yeah exactly so just make loads and then freeze it 
And then when, you know, those days when you can't be bothered to cook, you've just got this lovely meal in the yeah. freezer and you know what's in that meal because you cooked it like a boss uh, and, and you can heat it up and you can munch it and then go, go about your day. So, um, so yeah, there's definitely ways to get around it. We will move on to Radar. Radio. Oh, God. I know that that could be like another really long thing, but we'll try and keep it concise. But this is what's keeping us awake at night for the past month. Um, Where to start? Yeah, I feel like we should possibly give like a small rundown of what the actual situation was. Or no? Say say what Radar Radio is, first of all. Well, Radar Radio is like like a... I've seen Chucky describe it as like a glamorized pirate radio station. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. like an underground radio yeah, station. Yeah, glamorized community station. Yeah, I think yeah is probably how it is. And when you look at people like Rince, represent, I think it's you know that that yeah that um that yeah pirate radio, but it's all it's all legal now, really, isn't it? Yeah, mm. but uh, but I think it, I think someone said it quite well. It's like the model of everyone kind of chipping in and working together to build this this thing so people you know if you had a show most likely you're doing it to get experience yeah. and to get exposure and you weren't being paid for it and, um but they had great facilities yeah they did they, um i think that's what set them apart yeah. the most recent debacle though yeah so for was... me like it was just mainly pussy palace came out with a statement initially mm about how why they were leaving, which was really important because they want to be transparent about how yeah. they practice and, you know, who they're associated with. So it was important for them to share. And they were very concise with what they'd experienced there. And then I think a week later, um, someone via mixedspice.co.uk, yeah. mixedspices.co.uk, wrote about her experience of when she worked there for nine months and experienced sexual harassment whilst at radar and it was then like swept under the the cover and then she was given an nda so she wasn't able to talk about what she'd experienced which is obviously especially for a a station that pushes them and as uncensored to then censor women of color and you know people that have experiences at the station is kind of messed up yeah um i not i don't know I, i just feel like we should mention it because it's something that's definitely shaken up like the timeline yeah. recently because and and music culture in London as well. Because... Within the whole of radio, it's been like a yeah. big thing. Yeah. Um, I was talking to some people the, the other day about how um, obviously a lot of the presenters and people have like done a mass exodus of radar yeah, yeah. but some of them who work for bbc or whatnot have gone into bbc and you know it's been like oh are you okay people that haven't even been speaking to them like oh, are you how are you doing oh, really? like so it's a big deal like a really almost like uncomfortable mm. the way it's been treated but i feel like it was right that the station is is shut down almost <clears throat> because of it like to, to deal with this situation although it's, it's people have lost jobs essentially yeah. that's that's the yeah. worst well, so thing about it not even just jobs like the nature of radio like a lot of the time things are being done for free yeah. at, at the beginning anyway yeah. and i don't think some people had an issue with that i mean that's part of radio and the creative industry is working for free and getting yeah. experience a lot of the lines were but blurred then though. it's the it's that's one issue and some people care just about losing facilities and losing you know, a station where a lot of amazing content and creators are are working. Mm. But then 
at the crux of it, really, most importantly to me, is that a woman has dealt with this harassment in the workplace and it was then covered up. Yeah. And the importance is that, you know, the it's not necessarily at the forefront of, like, who owns Radar and who, you know, why yeah. why that's important. But, I mean, the guy the guy's dad does own Sports Direct and it's like, you're he's exploiting people and, you know, it's kind of not even... It's not a surprise, but it's also the way they deal with it now because, obviously, initially, everyone's left and I think it was a good decision. I don't think they can't go back if there's serious, like, change of the system yeah, and yeah. conversation and even... So I was listening to Chucky's um, conversation with Judy yesterday um, on their podcast and... Um, you know, as long as things are set in place so that people are treated and they're safe in the in 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 the, in the workplace, I don't think it's totally like a lost cause. But it's whether they want to, you know, yeah. fix yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He could easily not I fix it, have, and he could just get have on to with go his under life. Some major, either yeah. rebranding or just he sells it and kind of lets it get taken over by I the think, community. Yeah, and I think that, you know, um, I, I think that's what really kind of got to me about it. And I think, you know, is that there's somewhere which is supposed to be a, a safe space for people like them, which championed those people to mm. kind of push its brand behind her and I think it wasn't just unfortunately you know obviously Pussy Palace had their experience yeah this woman had her experience you know I know someone else who had who had really poor experiences at the station I think there was there was a, a culture a rife culture and I think I think what was scary not scary but what is quite sad as well is that that is part of a wider issue yeah. within the music scene and within society where 100%. you know where marginalised people, uh, and especially you know the treatment of dark-skinned black women, mm. you know, is 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 really really poor. Um, I think it's great that the, the support that you know that's kind of happened from that. Um, I you know I think what what needs yeah like I say what needs to be done is measures need to be put in place, you know, for this to, to happen again. I think what's been really sad is seeing the kind of point scoring that people have done, yeah. you know, to try and say, Oh, I told you this is about Rage, oh you like you like don't you know, you don't you don't back this or whatever, well this is what happens. Mm. You know, it's not about that. At the end of the day, like a, a woman was 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 assaulted and, and, and felt harassed, you know, to the point where her mental health yeah. declined and, you know, and and she was she was you know, they they brought in a massive I work in HR. Yeah. I know what those companies do and you know, it's not it's not nice. So the fact she even made a statement against a frigging legal yeah, document exactly. to not talk about it is so brave of her in, sure. it, in itself. Like I can't imagine going with something so personal against a big corporation but, like that. I mean, like that is scary. Yeah, just to do that to go up yeah. against the the system or a juggernaut because you know that they have the backing of their their father and yeah. sports direct and whatever. That, that's a huge company and their legal division alone is going to be... I've, I've had so... the experience with a high street store, but it was my work. It wasn't my personal body and mm. experience. So I yeah. can't imagine how brave she must have had to be to actually... Because, you know, I mean, there's so many case... people that disagree and want to, you know, split hairs and say, who is she? Or like, what, you yeah. know, did this really happen? And kind of brush it under the carpet. Mm. But fundamentally, like, 
you know, it's just fucked up that women, wherever they go, whether they're walking from A to B, whether they're going to studio to pursue their passion and their hobby, they're having to deal with, you know, sexism and sexual harassment. And it's just it's just so frustrating. And, and especially with that radar situation, it's had a knock-on effect because DJs have come out and made their statements like, oh, I can't condone this. And then yeah. people associated with them that have been victims of their yeah. abuse have come forward. And it's like this knock-on effect. Yeah. And, it's just actually so it's quite overwhelming because you don't know i mean like as a girl like you don't know really what guys you can trust i think at that time like you can see like there are certain people that are backing up what they're saying in this moment yeah. with continuous with what action. they're doing yeah at, you know when these situations aren't yeah. arising but yeah. i think there are obviously people that will just kind of jump on the yeah it's shitty that it takes something like this yeah. to open people's eyes yeah. to to actually what's going on yeah um or to wake people up to actually see you know oh just just kind of pushing it to the side and let me focus on me making my money and me doing my show and not not focus on what's going on because i'm sure people heard rumblings the industry it feels like industries like that and i feel frustrated because i'm not super involved and i'm just seeing like the outskirts and so you don't know all of the dynamics and who knows who and, yeah. you know, I don't keep up with... I keep up with the few radar DJs that I like, but I don't know anything else Personal that goes lives, on, yeah. you know, yeah. in there. So I don't know, like, I, d- I definitely feel like if this conversation does shake up the music industry and abusers are actually held accountable, that's another thing that is really important is mm-hmm. that they're they're basically blacklisted because i mean across every industry men can abuse and still have fruitful careers yeah yeah which is you know big with a lot of hollywood stars even like you know it's not known that they they have abusive pasts and i guess yeah the first thing is accountability so we have to just see how radar approaches the situation from here on Mm -hmm. i think it's only been like a week and a bit yeah since they've not been broadcasting so probably less than a week yeah, and I, you know, again, I think it's one of those things, isn't it, where, <clears throat> um, you know, hopefully, I think it's hopefully we can kind of see, I think situations where you know uh, people feel involved and to kind of speak out uh, against it, and, you know, and not feel that if they do, um, you know, maybe they'll be blacklisted or yeah. you know I think that's the most horrible thing that people have to feel that they have to to progress their career or to yeah. to get anywhere they have to put up with these kind of things and yeah. they have to be silent and um, you know I as as a man I can only really talk from like a you know uh, uh, I can't talk from a shared experience I can yeah. only talk from experience of you know looking at how things have happened so to actually be you know um, a woman uh, or, or, or you know, or an other, as it were. Then, you know, I think that um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully things get better. I think all guys can really do is like you do. You have to start caring and seeing this kind of behaviour. Yeah. I know, like, yeah. a lot. Obviously, some people are selfish and don't care, and they. But you know, if you have a good heart, you do need to have awkward conversations Speak with your out. boys yeah. and say you shouldn't do that if yeah. you if you you know it's just because you're not but... doing something personally but you know your boy is that doesn't mean you're innocent it means you're like allowing that yeah. behavior to happen around that's you on a micro if they continue scale to ha- happening yeah yeah exactly like, uh, it, it can get blown up into big businesses or yeah, yeah. whatever that's you true. consider radar to be mm, that's true 100 percent. don't know if that's a bit of a dark bit to finish on i mean we're 
well, if you have a tweet, we can talk about your... Did you find a specific oh, oh, I, I Kanye actually, tweet? Yeah, well... Because no, I've just we, kind of been ignoring it. Like, I've just seen uh, that he's tweeting and I've just not, like, really... Like, two seconds. Just That's got, okay, just got can... that. Just got that nice text. So, <laughs> cut that. So, <laughs> so uh, right, so, basically, I just wanted to talk about, like... We could talk about... It's not like a specific tweet or so. There was one tweet where he said he, <clears throat> you know, he said slavery w- used to be a trend. Oh, yeah. Basically. But obviously... Kanye, and now it's a mentality. Yeah, now it's a mentality. And it's like... Kanye, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, um, I just want to talk about how you, you know, you grew up like liking people and yeah. you and you really respect them and then you know the person that they are starts to ruin what mm. they've made yeah. and it's like you know i kind of wears college dropout like the first album i was like a, a an awkward black kid from st albans just like a very white area and you know i the, the only images of black guys that I really had was like American hip hop, uh, or or it'd be like grime, really. Mm. You know, it was like right either I'm like a, a New York gangster or I'm like a London rude boy. Like those, I'm not, I'm not like any of these. So it was cool to have a guy be like, I'm no, I'm not. I'm gonna wear polo shirts and I'm not gonna rap about guns. And you know, his music was so good. And I was like, wow, this guy's so cool. And you know, just even like the fashion thing, you know, go, you know, growing up. But then slowly but surely, like over the last, I'd say five, six years yeah. now, like consistently, Kanye just chips away at that any kind of respect that you have for him will come out say something stupid say something that if it was someone else and it's that line isn't it it's like when do you cancel someone I yeah. by the standards that we kind of uphold in our lives I would have cancelled kind of like ages ago yeah. like oh she's like new albums out oh my god I can't wait but you know it's, it's one of those things isn't it like, when when do you cancel like a favourite because it's, I know, it's, it's hard because recently like Skepta broke all of our girls oh like all of our god. hearts about his like feminism and like fingers yeah. in the ears comments and it is kind of frustrating verbalising like your like love and respect for an artist because yeah. like you know yeah maybe sometimes they haven't fully like with Skepta like maybe he hasn't fully like had a opinion about feminism but I feel like some of you know his bars and so, how he carries himself in other ways like it just shows that you're caring. Yeah. You are that kind of guy. And it was just like a bit like illusion is shattered. Yeah. And I fully what like <laughs> North London, like this guy's a North London king to me. Yeah, like, I love yeah, him. And yeah. like, I've like, it's just, it is frustrating that you kind of, I mean, I'm even wearing him now. Yeah, and it's like, I was like, is that the, is that the revenge? Is that yeah. Like, and I just, you know, it's just, it is frustrating having someone that you can relate to so much, yeah. that, especially at the time when you only had that person to relate yeah. to. I mean, how long has he been with Kim Kardashian for? It's is it the same timeline as so five it's to like a, six It's pretty much a Venn diagram of like Kanye. <laughs> I mean, it's always like said, right, stupid, yeah. right. But I think it's just like the the ego has just gone into like Mars yeah. since. And I think just, I think being in that environment, you know, he's, you know, Kanye used to say, so like he'd say, you know, the George Bush doesn't like black yeah. people thing. You know, he talks That's about it. like, you know, black poverty and ownership mm. and, you know, he um, there was a point where, you know, he he used to get hip-hop for being like homosexual, like, not homosexual, being homophobic. homophobic yeah. And like, you know, that was really cool and like 
I used to have arguments with people. People were like Kanye's a cunt. Like every, yeah. every time, every time you say like, oh, I like Kanye, it's like, oh my god, it's Kanye West, yeah. and I used to be like, no. I'm not having it, but like now I'm like, how can you defend <laughs> someone? Like, yeah. how can I literally you sit can't. here and be like, you know, man's on the poly, like, podcast yeah. about being woke, and then I'm, I'm like, well, you know, maybe slavery is a mentality, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's it's definitely that was the thing that yeah, I, I mean, when you said like a tweet that annoyed you, I think just reading Kanye's recent it's been like every day yeah, every, every day, hour almost day. and I was actually said to my boy the other day I was like oh man this new Kanye is going to be fire he's just staying yeah. off Twitter he's just going to be <laughs> oh, he's God. just in he's the plotting. zone he's in the studio and he's like I'm back <laughs> just like all this cack um, and it's yeah it's just this point like the sceptic thing as well I mean that was yeah that it's was it's ultimately both just of embarrassing egos have obviously it's like you have come from a place where you're anti or the word you're saying is anti something anti-establishment yeah and then it's like you're now, you know, gone into a, a whole nother world, world yeah. and you're, it's just gone to your head. Because, yeah. I mean, listening... Skepta is not a, like... Like, he... I don't know. It's frustrating. Both of their egos yeah. have clearly, like, just gone through the roof. Yeah, and I think... And I think is I don't... With, like, with Skeppy, I don't necessarily, like... I don't necessarily like he's achieved so much in the last three years that I'd say mm. you know that that this run that the run that Skepta was on you know was at the time legendary yeah. like to go from from that black from blacklisted to mm. Konnichiwa what he did for for UK culture will never be underestimated and I think you know having come from the relative bottom and to to the heights he has reached it will change you and it will yeah. make you, and it, and it, you know it will embolden certain mm. things that maybe you wouldn't say before you know but you know you would get more solidified in those who's going, who's going to tell me I'm, I'm yeah. wrong like you know so I never like I don't really I always try to say like if God if I if I got given all of this like adulation and, and, and money and, and, and you know just was operating in a higher not even a higher in a different uh, yeah. different world maybe my views would be different maybe I would you know you don't going know going from you Tottenham to going to freaking fashion shows LA, LA yeah, like you've got yeah. your own crepes you're with Naomi yeah. Campbell or you know it must be nuts for him and yeah. to be fair like Joe and Scully were talking about him as well and it was kind of like his intention like his heart is in it, yeah. how we know him to be yeah. and portray himself like I think is there but it is maybe that part where you're kind of I don't know like for me like I if I do reach levels that are nuts that I could never imagine I just still hope that I have my ethics and ground like grounded because ultimately like the Naomi Campbell thing it was just embarrassing on her part I read read the article so I bought you I didn't buy it I wanted to buy it until I read like the actual online and I was like okay it's worse it's like it's like reading it it's like oh god this is like and you, like I say, you feel bad for her. I'm yeah, like, it's embarrassing. You don't really want to... But, like, look, I'm not going to speculate. Well, hold out hope. Like, this is yeah. a thing, like, there's... I mean, I feel like, yeah. But then why why invest in other people? Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, why are you so invested in what Kanye West thinks? Why are you so invested in what... It's kind of thing, do you not like his music? Why can't yeah. you separate the music from the person, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's that... It is that kind of thing, isn't it? Where, you know, do you, this whole thing of, this is my guy and... You know, I'm holding. You know, I would hate if someone held me up. Yeah, to be this, you know, person that they would, they believe has a higher level of yeah. morality, uh, purpose, 
behavior or whatever i don't you know mm. and, and you know no one does and we, no. it's 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 sad that you'd expect that but i suppose once you do reach that level you know you do have a responsibility especially yeah. if you're a person of color you have responsibility that's, that's I mean, just how just how it is unfortunately but, like but yeah. maybe you shouldn't be but that was my thing yeah no, that was good. Yeah, I don't know. It's just because it's coming on some, like, we're all the human race kind of flex. And it's like, well, oh, that's not the reality that yeah. frigging you have been talking about for yeah, your whole career. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same with Kanye. Like, yeah. you're, you know, it's not like we're expecting you to suddenly be something. It's yeah. that you have been showing this side of you and speaking out about yeah. fuckery yeah, on multiple yeah. levels. And now, and now and it's like, okay, well, but we, we just have to see. About that. Like, but you never want to... It's not good to ride for celebrities, though. It, yeah, it really no, isn't. Yeah. It's like stan culture and stuff. Like, it's just... Oh, we don't know these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can... Even it like, is social and media and people lie so on social media on, on, on every multi-media yeah. platform that I mean, anything they say can be taken out of context. Like, yeah, it's all... I don't even know. It's... Yeah. social media is a stressful one because it, it can is. be it, i love it so much because i know i'm honest on it yeah but i know that or i'm as honest as you know i want to be on there but it's like i know a lot of people are you know not using it for no for better reasons i mean like, and yeah i went on just want to show off for the first time yes two days ago um and uh i yeah that relationship with, with social media like you know like I said, I'm very, like, I'm not very honest, but I do say a lot on social mm. media. And, you know, what I've noticed recently, you know, people taking what you say and taking it to other places and people bringing information to you. And, oh, you really? Know, yeah, yeah, it's not been nice. And, oh. like, you know, um, but also just, you know, people in your... I can imagine, I remember we spoke about creeps mm. like during like i can't even imagine like during like really, oh my god i have a good story yeah. that you said i should mention this guy that's in my inbox right now oh, yeah. he's like he's messaging me saying that he's like got a fetish for like spending money basically oh, nice. sending money to pretty people he <laughs> oh, said yeah. Oh, yeah. i was like got down to it basically the crux of it is he wants me to coerce him into taking out a loan he wants oh, to be convinced. Yeah, yeah, these people are mad. It's so know. strange. Like, I was just yeah. kind of like small talking <laughs> with him to see, like trying to understand yeah, what, yeah, yeah. you know, and I mean, that's, that, yeah. but that's a kind of entertaining creep. I don't know. I'm, I'm like yeah. choosing to be entertained no. by it rather than, but yeah. I mean, it's bloody strange. Yeah, no, there's, there's all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, but there's, someone said to me the other day, no, so I saw it the other day, there is no guy drowning in uh, an inbox full of unwanted fanny pics. Yeah, that's like, true. And it's, and it's, you know, whilst it may happen, I'm sure it does happen, but, you know, just, I don't know, I'd hate to be, I'd hate to be doing what I do. But I, I get the occasional, when are you going to cook for me? And yeah, I that, hate it. Yeah. Um, and I can't even imagine, like, if I was a girl doing that. If just being expressive on the internet yeah. as a girl, like, yeah, there's a lot of creeps on there, but, it's just, luckily for me, they stand out online because I have so many like nice followers that are girls yeah. mainly. Mm. But even the boys, like people, just stand out if they're only liking one type of picture, and it's yeah. easy to block and avoid them. Oh, but nice, yeah, um, yeah. Nice. I think now I'm single. I think you're going to see a lot more body positive. <laughs> well, do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got out there yesterday. I just no, got yeah. laid for the first time since oh, my breakup. Shit. Ouch! I'm like so excited about that. <laughs> I can't lie. 
Um, it's gone down. No, fair play. Yeah. I, I but it took a while. Like, it was, like, yeah. well, it was very sad. I think I'm still in the uh, Chinese yeah. and, and movies. No, I hear you. <laughs> top of ice cream. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It like, takes a while. So. Actually, I ordered an ice cream maker. For my, oh. that's how that's how like that's your it now. <laughs> like, I'm gonna make my own ice cream that's your latest investment yeah, plus the yeah. ta- the taco. Was it? taco maker uh, I've got yes I've got I've got a tortilla press oh, tortilla press, Shit, a tortilla press so I can make my own corn tortillas um and yeah, I got and I got an ice cream maker. It's on its way, or you've got it already. It's on its way. The ice cream maker, the uh, the tortilla press has come. So, what flavor ice cream do you think you're going to make first? Have you had an idea? Uh, uh, yeah, I, so I want to like I want to learn how to make dairy free ice cream. Basically, I just want to make really paying dairy free ice cream because mm. my, my my best mate has just moved in with me. He doesn't eat dairy, and I'm like, oh, I, and we have whenever we have ice cream, he's like, no, I'm alright. So I'm like, I'm going to make some really cool. You're and I don't friend. really like dairy that much. And again, going on this whole mm-hmm. thing, bring you back to where we first started you know just cutting down on that on that meat and that dairy mm-hmm. you know why can't I be banging this I mean I've, I've started to have porridge and, and granola like I've started to fall in love with breakfast again because yeah. I've got all these milk alternatives exactly. and, it, and it's banging and then wow. so if I can do that with ice cream which I used to eat every day then then yeah that would be really cool so, I love yeah. that where where can people find you Munch um, Club yeah at Munch Club TV on Twitter uh, Instagram, Snapchat. I, I mean, I hardly use Snapchat, um, but I might pop up on there. Um, so yeah, but Facebook, all of that. Munch Club. Oh yeah, and Munch Club TV on YouTube. Give it a follow. Give it a subscribe. Have a gander at a video. You really need to check it out um, if, yeah. if you're listening to this. Like the food, the interview presenting is amazing stuff thank you thank you and thank you for coming by today I right, really this appreciate has been it. like honestly i just want to thank you too so much it's been like a really lovely lovely oh. experience um yeah it's been great thank you so much man it's been a pleasure having you. you genuinely we wouldn't want anyone else oh, to be our first <laughs> this is yeah this is sick and i'm sure this is going to go from from strength to strength shout out nando's as well for the black card i appreciate <laughs> Safe man, thank you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on the last day of every month talking more controversies. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at M Rogan Josh, spelt M M M R O G A N J O S H and at Hanecdote. And join the conversation using hashtag WokeWorld. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.